Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in the Big Five with D-Ray. We're here with Avery Mars from St. Joseph's University Women's Basketball. How you doing, Avery? Good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for being on. Thank you for being on. So, Avery, you know, we got to start with uh, where you came from, Reading, PA. Yes, that's right. Reading, about an hour outside of Philly. Um, yeah, I claim Philly still. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, just tell me about your, your upbringing, Jesus Christ, about your upbringing in Reading. Um, so I went to Wilson High School, which is like a public school, uh-huh. um, pretty big public school, really good at sports. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really just was focused on playing sports my whole life. I mean, whether it was, I played field hockey, which is weird for most basketball players. A lot of basketball players play volleyball. So I played field hockey. I my favorite coach actually was my field hockey coach. Um, live with my mom, and my dad, and just kind of had a really good social life and tried to be friends with everyone. So, mm-hmm. so why Philly? I mean, obviously it's an hour away, but why Philly? Actually, let me ask this. What were your schools? What did your schools come down to? Um, it's weird. So my junior year is when I committed my summer before senior year, actually. And um, I was kind of pressured, I feel like, to figure it out because I was kind of later than some of my friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when everyone starts to commit in the AAU circuit, it's like, oh, shoot, like I got to be next. Um, so I thought for a while I wanted to go far. So I was looking at places like Michigan. Um, I was really set on Michigan, honestly, just looking there. And um, I realized, like, what am I trying to get away from? I'm like, I'm really close to my mom. Um, I like to be close to home and I just kind of didn't have to take a flight. Uh So I completely changed my recruitment up really late. And St. Joe's actually offered me when I was in eighth grade, they were the first school to offer me. So for me, it was like a loyalty thing. Okay. You know, when I had to change my recruitment, that's what I came back to. It was like, all right, who's been here kind of thing. And, um, when I talked to St. Joe's and was like, you know what? I took an official here. Um, Natasha cloud was actually my, I don't know what you want to call it. Your mentor or whatever. Uh Um, when I took my recruitment, trip here with her like I just loved the people they were amazing and um I just felt like I fit in here so that's that was kind of my thought process in terms of committing okay okay so what was your impression of big five basketball before um you got to Philly I really didn't understand it like Mm -hmm. I, I thought I was like big five you know and obviously like I was like, I heard about it, and I think it's really different until you're in the games and you kind of have that rivalry, Uh Um, especially on the women's end. Like, I think the men's side is a little more lopsided sometimes. Like, there'll be a program that wins for X amount of years in a row. Uh Um, Yeah, Villanova, whatever. And um, on the women's side, it's always even. Um, So I think that's really cool. It always comes down to, like, some type of tiebreaker. And I think just having an another tournament in the mid-season is really cool because it's something to work towards you know everyone wants to work towards their their tournament whatever conference they're in but to have the big five it's something to work for and we actually have it on one of our goal boards every year is like to win the big five Uh um so it's definitely like a motivational thing and obviously you want to be the best in philly and you see people out you see people wherever and you're like yeah you know we Mm -hmm. beat them so it's pretty cool all right so that's interesting because i never it's, it's so like when you hear about big five basketball um, unfortunately, one of the most underrated parts is, like you said, women's basketball. That's still within the big five. You know, people immediately think of men's basketball, but it's like, no, it's an alliance. Yeah, we're here. Exactly, yeah. exactly. 
it's it's an alliance between you know the the five schools in Philly, the city six, if you want to add in Drexel, but the right. big five respectively. It's still an alliance amongst those schools, rather it be uh, women's or men's basketball. And it's it's interesting to hear that on the women's side, it's a little less uh, lopsided in years. Mm-hmm. Because to be quite honest, there was a point like it seems to be on the men's side. Um, it goes back and forth from year to year, but it's like there are teams at a time that reign. Like there right. was a point where. B.J. Johnson, who um, transferred to LaSalle, his father. When mm-hmm. His father was at LaSalle. They ran it. They, mm-hmm. they were the guys in the Big Five. Right. Um, you know, when Jameer Nelson was at St. Joe's, shout they out. They ran it. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. it, it kind of it's like a torch passing almost, and you have one school that has a a couple great years. So it's interesting right. to hear that you know it's a, it's a little less lopsided on the women's side. Yeah. What did you think of it as your years at St. Joe's uh, went on? Like, what did it what did it start to mean to you? Like, did it <laughs> Did it grow in importance for you? For sure. For sure. I think as a freshman, like I said, I was kind of unaware. Uh-huh. And you kind of travel. Like, it's like, oh, we have Nova home this year. Oh, we're away at so-and-so this year. Yeah. Um, Temple and Nova are the biggest ones for us, I think. Just in terms of, like, you know most of those players. Or personally, I guess I should say I did. Uh-huh. Um, playing against, obviously, my best friend plays for Villanova. And then Temple, I knew a lot of girls on that team as well. So it becomes, like, a friend rivalry, too, which is really cool. And, I mean, you know everyone in the basketball world. It's so small. Yeah. But when they're in that close vicinity to you, it's really cool to play your friends. And by the time I was a senior, it was cool to just see the freshmen kind of take it all in. You know, whether it was traveling to Temple or having Villanova come to us and just seeing the hype. Like, they don't really understand it. So... To kind of see them come through the process was really cool as well. Okay, okay. Yeah. So what was your favorite game? My favorite game? Five in your time at St. Joe's. Um, I would say my favorite game might have honestly been a loss, which is crazy. Um, but we went to Temple last year, and we our team I think last year was the best team that I've been on um, my five years here. Or yeah, not, yeah, five years here. Um, and I just remember like my teammates, just the way they played and just the aggression that both teams had. Um, it was the most competitive game I think I've ever personally been a part of. And, um, it ended in a loss. It kind of ended on a bad foul call, honestly. Um, and again, the refs are part of the game, whether we like it or not. So that was definitely frustrating, but like both teams, I think walked away from that game. Like, wow, like this is something we're all going to remember. Um, just the hype, even the crowd was really good. I mean, we don't always get that on the women's side. So men can say, oh, every game, like, yeah, it was packed. That's not the same for us. So that game, um, there were a lot of fans um, in the stands, and that was just, like, really important, I think, to see people show out for us regardless. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I got to ask, in mm-hmm. the same sense, what was your least favorite? Least favorite? Losing to Nova. I mean, that's every, you know what I mean? Every time we lose to Nova, it's, I mean, from our coaches to our fans, like, you can just see the defeat, you know? Like, it's a big game for us. And I think, honestly, sometimes it becomes more of a, I mean, Adrian's my best friend who's the point guard of Villanova, so... I think it becomes more of like a friendship battle between people. Like, all right, I know her, you know her. I mean, okay. I had Katie Jaycott on my team who is sister to Kelly Jaycott. Um, uh-huh. So that was a different dynamic this year and last year for sure. Okay. Just having sibling rivalries. Because, um, you know, that goes home to family. Like, yeah. those families go home and that's like yeah, parents. Yeah. It's like, do I wear blue? Do I wear maroon? I like, it, definitely, it definitely makes for awkward, uh, awkward dinner. Right, right. So I have to ask. The social scene, because you, you spoke mm-hmm. several times on the idea of friends and it kind of being a yeah. friend rivalry. What is the social scene amongst the big five schools from your perspective? I honestly think 
every time i mean personally i i talk to every stranger i see so whether i knew them or not i'd That's probably very dangerous yeah i know i probably sit my mom it's probably scared i'd probably say hello but um every time i see anyone out whether it's temple lasalle uh pen anywhere like it, it might be a little wave but mm. at the end of the day we all acknowledge each other and mm. there are definitely closer friendships i think within the big five like i kind of talked about um, and I think it's important, like, that we're all in the same area and that we all connect. You know, I've seen people at Chipotle. Um, I've seen people in different places. You don't realize how close the schools are, yes. especially if you're trying to, like, go to one restaurant that's only in Philly. Like, you're going to see people you know. Yeah. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. And I think everyone has a really cool vibe about them that they just embrace everyone. And regardless of you wearing a St. Joe's jersey when you go to practice and mm -hmm. someone else wears a Penn jersey, like, it's all cool. Okay, okay. All right, well, let's let's get back to your story. Mm-hmm. Um, your story is one of the more amazing stories, not just in Big Five women's basketball, but in women's basketball, period. Thank you. Because of what you had to fight through um, to make it back onto the floor. And I, I want you to tell it, but just please walk us through that time in your life. Yeah, so kind of like to talk, I talked about before, um, my decision to come to St. Joe's was a loyalty thing and a, uh -huh. and a family atmosphere thing. And when I came summer session, you're here for like six weeks, which most people will tell you is like one session of summer. And I was doing really well. You know, the coaches were really excited. Um, yeah. I, didn't, I mean, I'm not going to solidify this, but in my opinion and their opinion, I was going to be the starting point guard um, uh -huh. as a freshman. And, you know, I felt like I was on top of the world. Like I said, socially, I was cool. You know, I had a lot of friends, whatever. Like, I just felt like I was on top of the world. Nothing could touch me at 17 years old. And long behold, you know, moving into my dorm room um, on a Saturday afternoon, uh, my knee gave out a little bit and I ended up just like trying to sit down on my bed to steady myself. And within like five seconds of being on my bed, I collapsed onto the floor. Mm -hmm. And I realized at that point, you know, I can't move my left side and I tried to kind of push myself up off the floor and you know, my roommate's laughing at me cause she's thinking like, I just fell and she's like, you're an idiot or whatever. And I look up at my mom and I'm like, mom, what's going on? She's like, Ava, I think you're having a stroke. And she said it so blankly because the whole left side of my face had dropped so you could see the muscle loss. Like it was, it was very um, obvious. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm 17. What the heck is a stroke? Like, I'm just like, all right, so now what kind of thing? Um, rushed to the hospital, did various tests and um, yeah, they deemed that it was a stroke. So again, a 17 year old who was in great health and really felt like she was on top of the world was completely brought down um, within like 10 seconds. And um, it was it was really crazy. And it's hard for me to explain even now because I don't think I had any idea what was going on mm -hmm. during it, you know, and I think some of that's good. Like, I think sometimes it's good to be oblivious yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to be in terms of just like handling everything that was going on with the tests. And, you know, um, I had to get a TPA procedure, which broke up the blood clot, which is on the right side of my brain. Um so when I got that, you know, there was a 15% chance that I died on the table and my mom had to make that decision because I was 17 and I was unable really to communicate in that way. Yeah. Um, and the doctors didn't want to put that on me. So they asked my mom, you know, and she was obviously very nervous to make that decision, but she knew I eventually wanted to live a normal life, whether that was play division one basketball again. Mm -hmm. And with the TPA procedure, you have a 50% better chance of a full recovery. Okay. Um, so at 17, you know, I had a lot of life to live yet. So we made that decision and I think it was one of the best decisions we made. Mm -hmm. so talk about your, your fight to get back on the court yeah so I think like I said it was really hard at first to even understand what was going on and I think the more that I tried to recover 
um, the more my thoughts went to basketball. But in the beginning, it was really like, hey, let's try and like go to the bathroom on your own. Let's try and take a shower on your own. Let's like walk up a flight of steps on your own. Like very simple things, um, cutting my food, just things we all take for granted. I really had yeah. to relearn. Um, it was like I was like a two-year-old child trying to relearn this these things. So to be honest, basketball wasn't a thought until maybe a year out. Obviously, people said stuff to me and like it, it was obviously – basketball is something that I love and I thought about it but did I think about it in the extent of like I'm going to get back no because I was just too impaired at that time to do so uh -huh. but when that when I started to recover and when I really like fought through my recovery and started to in the stroke world make miracle jumps through mm -hmm. my recovery um, that's when I was like all right maybe I can do this and I think it changed throughout as well so I say I can do this one day and the next day I was like, I don't know. You know, I would have moments where it wasn't it wasn't for every day, like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna do this. You know, I had my moments where I thought like, wait, like I can't even jump right now. Like how yeah. am I gonna be able to get on the court, you yeah. know? So I had moments of like real motivation and moments where I was like, Ah, oh, is this is this really what I'm gonna be able to do? So it was tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your first time back on the court, what was that like? And you gotta understand, I'm asking you these questions mm -hmm. partially because um you're someone who I look to for for inspiration. You know, mm -hmm. with my injury with blowing my LCO and PCL right. and PCL and ripping off my hamstring. It's I have an injury. Yeah, what didn't you tear? <laughs> I'm about to say exactly <laughs> for basketball, but right. in so many ways, um, it's looked at. And obviously, I can't compare this to the uh, the magnitude of a stroke. But yeah. in so many ways, it's something that might you know in my career right and when you talk it's so interesting to hear somebody else talk about the idea of kind of going back and forth and from day to day being like uh you one day you wake up and it's like i can do this i can't wait to get back out there the next day it's like man i'm never going to play again right what's next you know it's so interesting to hear somebody else go through those thoughts and deal with those thoughts too so what yeah. was your first time being back on the court like yeah well i first want to speak on that because i think i love when people say like oh mine's not comparable because to me like I have people reach out, like whether it's via text or through a friend or Instagram, whatever. They have like a broken ankle or they just like even tripped like doing something and are out for like two weeks, you know? And um, they're like, you know, mine's not comparable. And to me, they all are, you know, whether it is season ending, whether it is as serious as yours was or as serious as mine was, they all have different levels, but the mental struggle is still the same, yeah. whether you think it or not. It may be you're mentally struggling for a year, it may only be a week, whatever it is. As soon as you face some type of setback, whether it is injury, whether it is family issue, whatever it may be that stops you from being your fullest on the court, mm -hmm. it's, it's the same thing to me. And I think everyone goes through that in different ways. Um, so I love when people reach out. I mean, I, I've talked to you about your injury as well. Um, I just love talking about that mental aspect of the game and of, of injuries because it is really tough. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. But I think going back on the court, um, kind of like I spoke on before, it was almost something I – I, I dreamed about, but I also was okay with it. It didn't happen. Uh -huh. And I think that was part of my recovery. Like, you know what? I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to go to rehab eight hours a day, which is something that I did for about a year. Um, I'm going to do all these things and I have to be okay with it if I'm not back. Uh -huh. Because if I don't settle myself mentally with that thought, yeah. then this is going to eat away at me. Nothing's ever going to be good enough, you know? And I knew I was never going to be the same player. So that was something I knew. Um, but it was, am I going to be okay with whatever the outcome is? Uh -huh. And when I settled myself with that 
and came to peace with that, then that's when I really felt like I was ready to get back out there. And yeah, when I did, it was it was like a dream. You know, I was like, whether I score or not, um, my first game actually back was in Italy. We were doing like a European tour and it was actually on the eve of my three year anniversary of my stroke that I um, scored my first basket. And, you know, my mom was there. My coach was crying, um, which which is crazy because I'm on the court just like, all right, next play. Like, I'm not trying to <laughs> put any attention on me, you know? Yeah. Like, I kind of just wanted to keep it moving because mm -hmm. um, I do like – I do like attention. I don't want to act like I don't, but in those situations, no, I, mean, I was like, nah, like, let's not yeah. cry. Let's not make it a big deal because I don't want to get emotional, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was cool. And then my first came back, like, real, I guess you could say, like, game was our first um, season game against Niagara. Um, it was actually against one of my old coaches who was our point guard coach when I was a freshman. So she saw me, like, good you know yeah. she saw me at my fullest potential and to kind of perform in front of her too was pretty cool yeah. and it all c comes full circle mm -hmm. like from every I've, I've just seen so many connections throughout my story and i think everyone can kind of make their own connections throughout theirs but yeah just getting back out there being with my team um being with my team really i would say was the best part uh the senior class that i played with was obviously the class that i came in with mm -hmm. and um to be able to get on the court with them was pretty cool okay yeah so just to get back to the to, to the big five, what do you see as far as when you first got to St. Joe's yep. and now that you're um, about to leave? Yeah. What did you see the biggest change was in the Philly basketball scene, period? Hmm. You know, as far as obviously the big five going. Yeah. Sixes, right. Uh, the Philly basketball scene, period. Because you were around, I remember, you know, for us at Villanova, you were at some R games. I could imagine you went to some Temple games. So you've seen both sides you've seen the men and women's side what do you yeah. uh, seen like the biggest changes over the past couple years i would think support in women's basketball is really the biggest thing i've seen i'm going to speak on the women and then i'll speak on the men um but i think in terms of fans in terms of, and I, I think part of it is social media i think because mm -hmm. people can now follow people in philly like if you live in philly whether you're a high school kid or a parent you know who has a child that's mm -hmm. playing um you can follow the players on social media whether that's twitter instagram facebook whatever you have you know mm -hmm. and i think that brings a closer connection and people are able to come up to you at a big five game and like hey avery like i know you like and talk to you and have that kind of connection with the players which i think is really cool and people are just respecting the women's games more, I think, in the Philly area. Um, not that they haven't before, but I think as women's basketball continues to grow, that's going to be something that we're going to see more of. Okay. And then on the men's side, I mean, I've kind of been here during the Villanova era in terms of the big five. So I've seen them win a lot of games. Um, yeah, no shout out to them. But I've seen them win a lot of games, which has been pretty cool. I have um, a few friends on the team. So just to see them be successful has been cool. But I also think, in general, Philadelphia basketball, with the Sixers doing as well as they are, um, I think there's just a new love for basketball in the area. And I think the Big Five does a really great job of marketing and setting up certain games at certain times. Um, and just every team has been pretty competitive, you uh -huh. know? Yes, Villanova's been winning, but they're not winning easy. I think some, Villanova has had some hard games in the Big Five, some harder games than they've even seen in their own conferences and in the tournament. So I think disrespect to Philadelphia has been has been really good. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So final thoughts. I, I gotta ask this. Yeah. I say you you know both sides on yeah. the men's side. Right. With the landscape changing so much, um, and Aaron McKee stepping into the head coaching position at Temple. Yep. Um, Phil Martelli, obviously, um, 
you know, St. Joe's let him go. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Ashley Howard is about to enter his second year at LaSalle. Yeah. What do you see moving forward for the men's team? And Penn, not, not to forget Penn. Penn right. won the Big Five this year on the men's side. Yeah. What do you see moving forward for that? Well, I think it's really cool. I mean, I think, of course, Phil, like him leaving, um, I think it's tough for a lot of people, and I'm sure um, for his family as well. But I think we're going to see a lot of, like, new blood, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, it's people that were part of the programs before. So, like you said, you know, the switch from Villanova to Temple, um, that coaching staff kind of thing. Um, and then, obviously, we have a new coach coming in, um, an assistant coach that was part of the program before. So, I think you're going to see younger guys who still have that respect for Philadelphia basketball. They know what it means. They know what the big five represents. Uh-huh. So I think that's going to be really cool to see, like, what changes they can make um, in terms of just, like, bringing new – I don't I don't want to say a modern twist, um, but just, just a little bit of a different look, I guess, to the programs for sure. Okay. You know, we're not going to see Dumphy. We're not going to see Martelli. That's a huge change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'll be pretty cool. I think everyone's going to tune in for sure the first few games to see what it looks like. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Well, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for being on the show, Avery. This is definitely one of my favorite interviews by far. Um, you you really do have a, a skill for this. This and you really <laughs> I hope your, your ability to communicate day. and articulate your, your thoughts is is beautiful. Thank you. So, thank you for being on the show. This is Believe in the Big Five with Devray. And um, Avery, you got anything you want to plug? Social media, anything? No, social media, sure. Off to Mars. O F F underscore to Mars. Shout out. The worst Instagram <laughs> name ever. Don't Go DM ahead. me though. <laughs> Go ahead. And what else? No, that's it. That's it. That's it. I'm all good. All right, perfect, perfect. All right. Well, like I said, it's Believe in the Big Five with D Ray. We're here with Avery Mars and um stay tuned next week for our next episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.